we're in part two of a series, a relationship series called One Another. And uh, I'm excited. I invited Sincerity to come and, and tag team with me today. I get to. She gets to. I so, get to today. And the reason is you'll know why as soon as like, we talk about the top topic. And it's not just marriage because here's the thing. We aren't talking about marriage. Uh, but here's the thing. With relationships, the same principles apply whether you're married or whether you're dating or whether you're just friends, right? It's the same principles that are going to make a relationship healthy. And so we're going to talk about that. What does that look like? Uh, but before we do that, you have a... I have... So there's this something. thing going... Yes, we have something. Eric, I think you read a little bit through it, but we have... There's a... You did it? No. You don't know what's going on? Well, that's good. <laughs> um, so there's a, a Valentine's Day, or I guess like a couple's challenge that's on social media. And uh, we actually had plans to have team come up here and ask us com- some questions. But things changed, and we know how to roll with it because we have four kids, we and do. we know how to do that. We told uh, our team to stay home if they were far away and be safe because the roads weren't all good like they are in town. Yeah. So. so here's a little glimpse. And so this challenge uh, basically asked some questions to kind of get to know us. And so we're going to ask ourselves these questions. And right. so some of it is this. And so uh, so I'm going to ask you. Well, we'll just ask I'm going to pretend I'm a third person. I would use a different voice, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Um, When did you first meet? You should answer this one. When did we first meet? Yeah. Oh, well, we grew up in church together. We were in the kids' church together. That's crazy. Yeah. We were leaders, not just kids. kids, Well, like as kids' kids, we were in kids' church, so we probably met the first time that time. Yeah. I was a friend with her brother, so her brother and I were good friends. So that's kind of how it slowly. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Who made the first move? Um, that's a good he question. Did. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's in the audience. So I'm like, what careful. Was, Whoa, time what out. was the first move? I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. That's not the question. <laughs> Who was interested first? I would say you were. Really? You always say that. It took me a while to notice how amazing this woman was because we were just we were friends. And yeah. Sometimes you don't notice your friends. It was like definitely based on friendship. So, um, yeah. I just didn't think I had the time or day. But look at me now. <laughs> anyway, um, where was your first date? Oh. It was uh, our prom. Prom was our first date. Kind of. I thought it was Senior. a concert. Was it? Yeah. We don't even know. This is how long we've been together. So we don't prom know. was like the official. I think it was like a family well, my date. My parents knew it was the date. Well, your parents took us to that date. We went to a concert together. That was our first time I went out with you guys. No, <laughs> I, thought our, with us. I thought our first date was Eden, prom. Out of Eden. Oh, and, uh, I didn't remember that. Toby Mac, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> my dad's in the house, so if anybody's watching online. Some commentary in the house yes. here, so it's good. Who is older? Eric is older. One year, right? I'm older. Uh, when, was, uh, when was your first kiss? Prom. Was it prom? Yeah. No, that was not our first kiss. He is totally wrong. We My actually went to a theater and we watched The King and I, and it was a thing at his Ooh. school. Ooh, look at that was you before prom. No, that was after prom. That was, that was after before. prom. It was pr- uh, April twenty second. I know the date. April twenty second. You're right. You got I. the date right. Redemption is here. Yeah. Who said I love you first? And then I engaged on that day to her. We engaged. I asked her to be my wife. Not the same day we got kissed. No, that same. Four, three years later. Oh, yeah, yeah, there day. we go. Yeah. That, that is going to make people freak <laughs> out on you here. Um, how long have you been married? Almost 19 years. Almost 19 years. Yeah. Uh, that seems crazy. <laughs> Sounds like we got married at 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were. So I wasn't 12. I was 21. <laughs> I was 21. You were 22. Okay. What was your favorite? What's your favorite TV show to watch together? Oh, 
We don't really watch TV shows together. No, she likes This Is Us. They watch it with the kids. I watched for a while, and then I was like, okay, too much drama for me. So I get, I put the young ones to bed, and then I get an hour. He doesn't want to This Is Us just to myself. It's like one hour a week that I can just watch whatever I want to watch. It's a nice, nice TV. Who is the messier person? Uh, probably me. Yeah. I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> Who is the better driver? That's that's the question. I think, I think both, I am, but I think we're both good drivers. We're both good drivers. I All think, right, but if it's snowing, I'm just gonna let him do it. So he he just looks good. Yeah. Uh, I'm good in the snow. I'm better. He in is. The snow. He is better in the snow. Who likes to spend more money? Um, that depends. I think you buy like bigger things, but uh, I probably spend more. Yeah, me. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think both of us are spenders. We're we're careful, right? Uh, I like to say yes. Who has better hair? Okay, I don't. This one, I just showed up. My team obviously, said this right? To me. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said this to me, and it was it We're was my team. This stuff every and day. they are going to be fired. You know who you are. They're watching online. We should Great even question. ask that question. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> one more. Um, yes. Uh, what's your favorite date spot? Uh, I would say probably oh, Santa Fe. That's his. Yeah, I don't know. We we do a lot of we like to try new food. We like amazing restaurants. Santa Fe is a mecca of great food, so we like to do some good restaurants that we won't take our kids and they won't appreciate. So we do a lot of dates like that. And so yeah. And what's the secret to marriage, Pastor Eric? The secret. We're gonna talk about that today. All right. Let's Are we? Talk about it. That's a good segue. Good great question. Secrets. All right. So we'll talk about the secret to marriage. I think it's work, but that's not really what I'm gonna answer in the message. But it's work. Okay. Um, so today we're in part two of a series called, uh, that's about relationships, and uh, really we're going to talk about how not to be a vampire, right? Not, not to be somebody who sucks in relationships, but somebody who adds value and somebody that can encourage others. And the reason I invite this area is because she is great at this, right? She is an, a value adder. Um, she is great at details, and she's great at just um, – she's a very life-giving person. If you know Sincerity, if you don't know her, let me say get some t- get, get, take some time to get to know her. Uh, because you'll realize that she's a very life-giving person, and uh, anybody that texts her or, or messages her throughout social media knows that typically she's she's pouring out and, and giving of herself. And so we're gonna talk. What does that What does that take to be that kind of person, right? So you just basically gave permission for people to like block out times this week for me to go to some amazing restaurants since we're at twenty-five percent. So just you restaurants know, are open. Hit me up, people. <laughs> I hear Pizza Speedy Two is pretty good one. You can go try that one. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. So we said this last week, get relationships right and everything else follows. If you don't get relationships right, it doesn't matter what you have in life, how much money, how much fame you have. If your relationships don't work, life is not going to work. And so get the relationships right, and then everything else will – it will come along. And that's what Scripture talks about, right? Get God, your relationship with God first, and then relationship with others. So last week, if you missed it, go back and listen, all right? And I said that money – that life revolved around two things, money and relationships, primarily those two things. But only one of these makes us rich, right? And it's not, it's not money, money, it's not money. money. Yeah, it's uh, relationships. And then we said that biblical love is a decision to seek the well-being of another. So if we're going to love one another well, we have to seek the well-being of other people in our life. And when you do that, you become the kind of person that God wants you to become. And that is really what we're going to talk about today is relationships, is how can you be that person that seeks the well-being of others, right? Despite emotions, despite what you're feeling, um, just seek that. So, yeah. I think it's really important. One of the things is in the last, I think since the new year, but even just with the hard year of 2020, um, Eric and I, we've had so much conversations with people, um, either, either contacting us or we, we reaching out to them. And one of the things that we knew that we needed to start 
um, 2021 with is for us to start talking about each other again. Uh, we just felt like there was a disconnection from people and just saying like, well, how do we, what do we, what's next? What's the next thing that we really need to just kind of jump on? And everybody we would kind of talk to and then just, it would always go back to relationships, back to relationships, because I just felt like there was just such a, a void, um, not only in our lives, but when we would hear other people and talk to them, there was such a void and it like a kind of like a yearning and just so many people just felt not necessarily lost, but they just felt so like empty. And it, we were like, man, we got to get back to relationships. So that's why we just kept, you know, going over some scriptures and we kept coming back to one another, one another, one another. And, um, and I'm so glad we're jumping into this series. So it's yeah. great. So here's the theme verse for the whole month that we'll be going through in Romans, uh, 12, 10, it says, be devoted one to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So we get this right, relationships will work, right? So be devoted to one another. That's a commitment to each other. And then learn to honor one another above yourself. And that kind of sounds daunting. Like, well, if I honor other people better than myself, what's going to happen to me? And when, when God, this was last week, but if, when God watches, he takes care of you whenever you do that, all right? And so today, here's the verse we're talking about today. First Thessalonians 5.11. Paul says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing so every say encourage and build up that's a life-giving person somebody who encourages others and builds up others right and paul says to the church in Thessalonica, just as in fact you're already doing so this is a reputation they were known for just being jesus followers who encouraged each other and built each other up and so he said keep doing that you're doing the right thing and then for the rest of you that are following christ make sure you do this encourage one another and build up each other um, in, in what God wants to accomplish and do. So how do we do this? Talk a little about that. So I think one of the things is when we talk about encourage and building each other up, um, I think one thing that I, I immediately go to is how um, there's some people that are kind of better at it than others. It just seems to be. Um, and, and one of the things is because they have that gift. And so I always think about love languages. And so there are four love languages that right. five one of them I obviously don't use, um, <laughs> five of them <laughs> that, uh, thanks, babe, got my back, five love languages that you usually, that you are gifted in, maybe there's a couple, that speak, um, yeah. yeah, that you speak, and so um, there's, the, the five is acts of service, that's mine, that's why I said it first, <laughs> um, words of affirmation, that's Eric, um, gifts, quality time, quality time and physical, physical touch. And so those are the five. And so most likely, and we, we kind of talk with this even when we do any counseling in any way, we always talk about those things because most of the time it will come up. Like I can usually, if I spend a little time with somebody, I'll be like, I know what their love language is because they most likely will speak it. And so one of the things is that's not necessarily one of mine is, is being an encourager. But I think because we have been around so many people and we've been, um, we hear so many people's stories that you kind of adopt this love language to be able to say, man, we need to be encouragers because how many, we just know that there's so many people in our lives that definitely can suck. Like literally you can probably think of that person's in the back of your head right now. Like, man, every time I talk to them, they just drain the life out of me. A vampire. Right? Yes. The life out of you. And you walk away actually emotionally or even like mentally exhausted from them and so one of the things for us is like man we want to be encouraged i mean even when we started the grove one of the things is one person actually told eric a good friend of him told him you know when you start a church just don't suck just don't be a church that sucks and then we were like 
that, okay, like that's okay, we'll take from that. But it was interesting because with the Grove and being a community of churches, one of the things is we did, we started talking to our leaders and we started building a launch team. And one of the things that ended up being one of our things that we would say is we would say, you know, church or lead team, let's just not suck. And there was actually meaning behind that. And the meaning behind it was that we wanted to be able to give life to people in in life to Santa Fe. We've moved back from living in Rancho for so many so many years and I think one of the things is we came back and we noticed that there was just like this it kind of seemed like there's just not as much life. We'd walk around and we'd just be like, man, Eric would smile at people and people look at him like he's like some creep, you know, at Walmart just smiling and they just looking at him like, what still in smile. the world? And he's still smiling. Yeah. But. <laughs> yes. But I smile with my eyes. Just watch my eyes. <laughs> But one of the things is, yeah, we were just like, we just, we want to be able to give life and encourage people. And that was one thing for us is that was a big thing in our yeah, hearts. Yeah, and what's interesting is we get to know people. We, usually that conversation comes up about, uh, with couples, with, with parents, love languages, right? And it's like we have um, a couple of people in our church, their love language is physical touch. Actually, a few people. And one guy says, my love language is touch me and touch me more, right? They just, they love the pat, they love the encouragement, they love the hugs because that's their love language. They like to feel connected in that way. And uh, we were with a couple um, who were telling us that they have different love languages, right? So one was physical touch and one's the gifts. And uh, they would speak, in the beginning of their marriage, they would speak different languages, right? So one's bringing the gifts, flowers, and the person's looking at the flowers like, thank you, but this doesn't mean much to me, right? He's just like, touch me. Yeah, just give me some love. (laughs) Give me some love. (laughs) Give me some love. And then once they figure that out, they can actually speak each other's love language and encourage each other in that way. And something I think that's a big part of it is we think we're communicating our love to somebody, but if they're not receiving it, we're actually not really communicating the way they need to be communicated to. And so that's a great resource called Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. That's a great book. Um, right. And the great thing with it is it not just only goes, goes with couples or relate, like, like relationships when it comes to guy-girl relationships. The other thing is also with our kids. Yeah. Um, we have four kids, and I would say probably in the first three to four years of them, um, you know, kind of getting to know them, we would kind of figure out their love language. And all four of them are very different. Um, yeah, we had our, one, of our, one of our kids, uh, something in the, church, in the church was like, man, they're just not very friendly. And it says, because you're not speaking their love language, you're expecting them to be friendly with you, but you're not getting down to their level and spending time with them. You just spend a couple minutes with them, they will actually be really friendly, friendly to you the rest of their life probably. Yeah. And so you were trying to teach them how to speak their love language. So, right. And yeah. once you speak that love language, it's encouraging to somebody. That's bringing life to them. That's giving them, um, you know, building them up like, like uh, First Thessalonians says. Yeah. So if you're going to speak um, in a way that others receive it, you have to listen and pay attention to what they're saying. This is where sincerity is good at. Uh, she's great at details. And so um, if you ever, if you ever, um, I don't know how you'd say this, just if she's ever given you a gift or, um, ever text you on your on your uh, on some kind of special day right you a lot of people are surprised like well i didn't i didn't know this like one time we had a, a a lunch here at the church and somebody came and she remembered the lady saying she was allergic to apples and so she intentionally made the the food that we were eating that day she made a side of that with no apples and when the lady came she said here this is for you and she said what do you mean for me so well, that one has apples and she says you remember this and she was just blown away that somebody remembered the fact that she had an allergy, which partly because one of our one of our kids had an allergy, but yeah, yeah. And so when it comes to listening, I think one of the things is that has allowed me to be able to be this way. And I'm not saying like, oh, yay me. I think good. the one thing that that helps this is because I've been in those shoes before. And I said, and the reason why is because we had a son, um, our first son, he had some food allergies. And it was, you know, getting together with people was kind of tough. But one of the things that it allowed us 
to learn and grow is that we ate better. First off, first and foremost, we, we changed a lot of our lifestyle and, and because of our first son. And it was all for good blessings because we learned a lot. And a lot of it was empathy for people and also to really pay attention to details, um, whether it be a label, whether it be talking to somebody, all those things. And so because we lived a certain way and we understood how it is and sometimes how it can be difficult, we we um, we had that empathy. So we were more um, careful with people. And then we also were listening more because when other kids had, we were like, oh, I totally get it. I understand why, because we've lived it before. And I think, and I think listening is huge important when it comes to relationships with our kids, with, um, you know, coworkers, all that stuff. Cause sometimes I feel like we just, we're so busy with life and we kind of just, we forget to really listen. Like we say, Hey, how are you doing? And we have those, you know, nonchalant, Oh, I'm okay. But really they're not doing okay. Uh, or they'll say things in passing in sentences, and we just kind of miss it sometimes because we're so busy or we just got to do things. And I think for me, sometimes timing isn't it, but there's sometimes we just kind of have to hold on to things and say, okay, I'm going to kind of keep that locked in there so that I can bring this up one day. Hey, I noticed one day you said this. Ah, there goes my earring. Anyway, I noticed one day you said this, and then they'll be like, oh, wow, you were actually listening? Because it's kind of a rare thing for people to hear details, to hear, um, you know, just certain things that are in passing of conversation. Because most of the time, we're not listening good enough, or we're saying things, and we, we expect that nobody's listening, you know? So. Yeah, and my son back there, when we talked about my son, he went, yes, he said my name, or he talked about me. Because <laughs> we have a deal with our kids. If we ever using a sermon illustration, like, we will give you $20, like, because we want that to be a good thing, not a bad thing, right? So I'm really careful. <laughs> and the, the other three are waiting. They're like, come on, come on, <laughs> talk come on. Talk about me, talk about me. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to encourage them that, hey, if we ever use you in illustration, it's to help others, right? Not to ever yes. make you feel <laughs> down or something. But yeah. you know, that's good. But she's good at that. Listening, I think asking questions, right? Just being aware when they say things. And then utilizing technology. Sometimes it's good to write those things down. Like, oh, I should remember that. That's a good date to remember. That's a good thing to, that, was, that was important to them, right? That just says, I love you. I care about you enough to, to pay attention to those details and just to watch for them. And so, um, yeah, so that's one way is just asking questions, paying attention, right? And, and since you said this last night, we we're talking about the message. You said, you know, every day is really, it's an opportunity for us to enjoy those, those, those friendships because every day is an opportunity to enjoy our friendships like a gift, right? It's like opening up these gifts when, when we're with people by, by just giving eye contact and listening, especially in the technology-driven era that we're in, right? It's so easy to just focus on screens. Sometimes we need to just look at people, and this freaks people out. Like when I just when I have conversations, a lot of times people like with me, I just was taught you look them in the eye and you engage and you and you you, you just show that right. And so people don't always get that, and it's good to just say, hey, I'm 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 engaged, right? There's eye contact that just does something in our conversation that's better, that's more than just a screen and, and that. So yeah, especially first timers with Eric, because he kind of leans in. And we have one person in our group, on our team that says, he looks into your soul. <laughs> and I said, maybe he does. But one of the things is we do, that's, that's a big thing is leaning in into relationships when it comes to your kids, when it comes to um, each other, you know, just really being engaged in, in a lot of that. Um, when it comes to, I was going to say something, but I kind of lost it. And she knows this about me. So when I... I'm on, we're talking, I'm on my phone trying to do something. She's like, you're not listening. I'm like, I am listening. But she wants that eye then contact. Then I ask him to repeat it. And then I kind of get it right. So half, <laughs> half right. right. Yeah. So sometimes you get to put it down and say, all right, I'm listening. What do you want to say? Look me in the eye. <laughs> Look, yeah. Did you remember what you were going to say? No. Nope. Friendships as gifts, opening them up. 
No? Okay. All right. Ask more, more uh, questions. Um, so here's the thing. When it comes to relationships, the, the thing that kills relationships is our self-centeredness, right? Self-centeredness is the main issue that complicates and destroys relationships. That is the main issue in marriages and friendships with, with, uh, with our kids. Um, it's just it's the issue. And here's why. Because self-centeredness is, a, is an aspect of sin, right? Uh, the essence of sin is living for ourselves. That's self-centeredness rather than for God or for other people. And so if we choose to only live for ourselves, we actually push people away from us because now we're saying we're more important than you are. What's going on in my life is more important than what's going on in your life. And most people are afraid because they say, well, they say, well if I slow down and stop talking and let somebody else talk, then I'll never get a chance. Or if I care about them, they're not going to re- be reciprocal and give it back to me. Um, and that's just a lie of a lot of times the enemy because he wants us to stay uh, to ourselves and only hold on to what we have. In fact, my favorite marriage book is called The Meaning of Marriage by Dr. Tim Keller. And he says this in the book. He says, if two spouses say to each other, I'm going to treat my self-centeredness as the main problem in the marriage, you have a prospect of a truly great marriage. I think that same principle applies to all relationships, all friendships. We can rephrase it like this. If we treat our self-centeredness as the main problem in our relationships, we have the possibility of truly great relationships. And who doesn't want truly great relationships? We all do, right? And so what we need to do is say, I'm going I'm to be aware of my self-centeredness in this relationship. So it's not going to be about me, 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 me. But I'm going to say, what about you? What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? How can, how can I serve you? How can I help you? What can I do in this moment to encourage you, right, and to, and to be that kind of person? Um, here's, here's where we get some scriptures where, where Paul talks about relationships. And he says this. He says, we who are strong, this is in Romans 15, must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. And so he's, he's having this dialogue between how we, how we view things in life, right? And he's saying when, when somebody's bothered by one thing and the other person's not, those who are stronger should be sensitive to the weaker ones, right, that, that, that deal with their, their conscience and maybe a little more sensitive, to be okay with that, to love them. He says be considerate of those who are sensitive, right? We must not just please ourselves. So he's saying we have to fight against that urge to just please self. We should help others to do what is right and to build them up in the Lord. For even Christ did not live to please himself. And he says, look at Christ's example. He didn't live to please himself. He lived to serve others, to help others. And God rewards us for that. He goes on and says, such things were written in the scriptures to long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. So he says, God gave us these scriptures so we can learn, right? And essentially, if we're going to be people who speak life and encourage others, we've got to pay attention to what God is saying because he gave us these things so that we can, we can use them to help others, right? To give hope, to give encouragement, as we trust God to always unfold and do things in his life. And it really comes down to a trust issue with us and God. If I care for others, who's going to care for me? And God says, you'll be taken care of. Just trust me. Care for others, love others, serve others. You'll be taken care of, of others. And here's, here's why scripture is so important. The more you learn it, the more you learn God's character and his heart and how we should live, right? So the more I seek God... And, and the more I be, try to become like, like Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in my life, the more effective I will be in helping those around me. Because it's going to push self out. It's going to push self-centeredness away. And I'm going to say, how can I serve my wife? How can I serve my kids? How can I serve those in my life, my friends and others, right? And the more I seek God and the more I'm saying, God, I want to be more like you. That's Jesus' follower, right? Be more like Jesus. And then he begins to live through me and I begin to be more effective in helping those around me. I think it's interesting because a couple, I think it was last week you had, you kind of been passing where saying how there's been some weeks or even days where I think Eric and I have learned that when we have a really hard day or some hard weeks, we know that we need to kind of get out 
um, if, it, if it's in the house or whatever, we need to get out. And um, with with this whole COVID thing, it was kind of tough because um, I guess I, maybe some of you guys are in the same boat. But if we would have known in March that it was going to last this long, we might have had different circles um, around us or we would have created a different circle or maybe we would have changed it up a little bit for the fact of we just didn't know it's going to last this long, right? And so, um, and, it, and I guess it just depended on the health of where you were, like socially, emotionally, mentally, and all of that. And so for us, there's been some, some weeks that probably just super draining for us. And uh, we, we learned um, probably early on in our marriage, because we had some great couples around us, that we needed to have friends that we could just call on and just be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Or... Um, and sometimes it kind of felt like it was very one-sided. I mean, honestly, there was sometimes that we were like the only ones calling people. Um, and hey, just you know, that's the lie. It's that we all feel like that. Yeah. Well, I'm always the one doing the work. And I'm they the only never one. Call me yeah, I'm the only one out. pursuing, or I'm all. Yeah. So we there you have is to fight that. You have to always fight yeah. That. Just, there would be the times that even he would say, "What do you think?" And I'd be like, "Because I'm in my funky mood, I'd just be like, oh, whatever. We always have to call them. You know, I can get in that attitude. But I realized that it was also needed, and so we would reach out to I'm people. Like, I don't care. We need it. <laughs> yeah. We need to laugh. We need to hang out with people. Yeah. I'm calling them to see what they're doing. Yeah. So in the attempt of where it might feel like a little selfish to be like, I need some some other people time. Um, and, you know, sometimes you kind of go into there just because maybe you want to vent or be able to let out or be able. But in some of those times, you have the opportunity to be able to say, yeah, it was just like a hard week. And they'll be like, why? What's going on? Or whatever. We can express it. And sometimes it's not even brought up at all. And you realize that those people needed it more than you did. And then you're just like, oh, wow, like everything that you went through or going through, it doesn't even matter anymore because it's not about self anymore. It's like, wow, like we're, we're, there's other people that are kind of going through stuff and maybe they're even going through something a little tougher. And it got us to a place where we we're just like, man, as much as we might need this, there's other people that need to be called and said, hey, we need to hang out. And they'll probably be like, oh, really again? And then they'll be like, man, we always drive away from those those opportunities to be like, man, I feel so much refreshed. Whether we were able to kind of let out or not, we were able to just be with people and just say, okay, like we're human. Things are not that bad. It's okay. We're going to make it through. But it kind of just gave us like this recharge. And um, that's really important for us. And so we are very intentional being able to have um, friends in our lives that we can kind of call and just be like, and they, they might see our phone, and they'll be like, uh-oh, Sincerity and Eric are going cuckoo again. I don't know what they think every time we call them, but it's not always the same ones. But I think the big thing in that is that I know for the fact that if they were having a hard day, they can just say, hey, Eric, Sincerity, let's, let's go do something or whatever. And we've had those circles through, even through 2020, and that was um, – a blessing for us, for our family also, because we were able to do it safely and still encourage each other. And um, I know that we were healthier because of that. Yeah. And I hopefully hear this. We have down days. We have hard days, right? And I think we have this idea that, that others don't struggle with what we struggle with. And that's not true. We struggle the same way you guys struggle. The same things that thought that pop in your head and the same way you're like, man, I wish people would care. I wish they'd reach out. You have to fight that and just be that person, right? Be what you want others to be for you. And before you know it, Others will start being those things for you also. That's just how it works. You, you, you always reap in the way that you sow, right? So you begin to plant those seeds of being an encourager and, and, and somebody who builds up others. And eventually you'll start seeing others will start encouraging you and building up you. And it's amazing, like she talked about, when we'll, we'll hang out with people. That's one of the best things you can do. If you're going down through something, just reach out to somebody and say, hey, can we hang out? Let's play a game. Let's do something. Because it gets your mind off of yourself. 
and you realize that, yeah, we might talk about it a little bit. But more than anything, you're going to just have uh, um, some, some companions and some friends to be able to just do something different than what you're, what you're doing. And I think, too, many of us, we sit stuck in it. We'll say, well, I'll wait till I feel better before I do that. And sometimes the way to get better is actually just to step out and put yourself in an uncomfortable position. Put yourself in, in, a, in, a, in a place that just says, I'm just going to go for it. And, um, well, yeah. and I think the other thing with it was having kids. I think with our four kids, hopefully it's modeling to them that it's okay to reach out. It's okay to have um, times where you're just like, okay, mom and dad just need to have a break. I mean, there's literally one of my kids, and I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> uh, there's literally one of my kids that if she's, she will literally say, do you guys need a date night? <laughs> and I'll be like, why? Do you need a break from us? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, you know, honestly... As much as I joke about it, I also we have to also be intentional as parents to really pay attention to our kids because sometimes our kids do need breaks from us. I mean, come on. 2020 was tough. Some of us were stuck in the house for a long time with our husbands, our kids, whatever. But not only that, just generally, like sometimes we need a break from our husband. I mean, I sometimes I do. Like I and I'm 19 sure. years into marriage, I can actually tell him I need a break from you. Like I need to be able to just go and like have a straight up like like a um i have to be careful what word i'm gonna girl use here out. a girl like just <laughs> just be able to talk to somebody and just be Shopping like day. my pastor's not listening to me right now like you know what i'm saying like i can just be free and just be like hood and they'll just be like wow you are unhealthy but i just need some sometimes i just need that let out you know what i'm saying and so i think like for me to be able to be honest with him and then also create an environment in the home too that my kids feel comfortable and they say mom i think you guys need a date night they might say that because maybe they see that mom and dad are really just like really stressed yeah or tension or the other thing is they they literally do need a break from us and so they've said that but the other thing is create create friends that you can say you know what my kids need a break i'm grateful that some of my kids can go to other people's homes safely and they can go there and have a break from us or they can go to grandparents house and they can have a break from us because you know what they come back and they're so much healthy healthier and happier and we see it we can see a big difference that's why student ministry is huge for us our two older ones can come to student group but they come back they're actually smiling laughing and talking about everything that went on and I love it because it fuels me because it's adding not just to their lives but into our, our dynamic as a family in our home. And so I think that's huge for us. Yeah, that's good. So to be an encouragement, learn to speak, right? Learn to, to be able to vocalize those things and say those things to others. Uh, Ephesians, Paul tells in Ephesians 4, instead he says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. So notice when he says when we learn how to manage our, our words, it actually leads to maturity in our lives, right? So part of maturity is realizing you can control the words that you say because matter, words matter. They can produce somebody. So the gift in a relationship is what God gives us is the ability to become more like God and the person that God created us to be. And so um, when we have tension and conflict, it's not a bad thing because in that it reveals something that's there. Why am I so selfish? Why am I so angry at this at, at this moment? It's revealing something that's there. It's kind of like – uh, the analogy would be like that you, you see those tumblers with rocks that, that um, if you put them in there, you tumble them around, right? They eventually turn out like these really shiny, pretty rocks. Well, that's kind of what, what we are. But here's the thing. If you don't – there's this, this ingredient you put in there. It's like a little powder that helps the rocks from shattering, right? Just that little powder. And I think that's kind of like God's – his Holy Spirit, his presence in our lives. When it's, when, it's, when it's us tumbling around life, going through hard stuff, 
If God is present, he's going to take off the, knock off the rough edges, and he's going to make us into something beautiful if we allow that work in our lives. And that's the gift that we have. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a gift. Like, why are you so the way you are, right? And why am I such the way we are? And it's kind of like we're hitting those. And a lot of rough edges in my life have been knocked off because of sincerity, right? And instead of thinking, like, this is, a, this is bad, it's actually a good thing because it's helping me become better as, as a person, right? She sees things that I don't see. Like 90% of the time she'll say, hey, have you reached out to this person? I'm like, why are you always telling me what to do, woman, right? And then I reach out to them, and it's like, they're like, oh, I'm so glad you called. And they like pour out, and I'm like, wow, they really need me to reach out. I don't know how you knew that, but I just listen. Now, not every time she gets it right, but most of the time she's onto something. It's just something God's given her. I think sometimes women, but just in general, right, uh, uh, just kind of discern some of those things and to make sure that uh, we're paying attention to relationships because she's more highly relational than I am, and so she's, she's helping me become a better individual better person right and so instead of seeing the negative i have to see it as okay maybe this is a a way that god's pulling us pulling something different out of me and help me become that person and all of our relationships can be like that if you ever had a hard conversation with me you'll know that um, i'm going to push against and i'm going to try to challenge you to do something more right but at the end of it we both become better you become better i become better because you step out of something that you maybe was uncomfortable and you do it that's what it is to be an encourager and to love others so paul's saying when you do this speaking truth and love when you're aware of your words you actually help somebody mature also you become mature and you help them become and then proverbs 12 says this an anxious heart weighs a person down a man or woman down but a kind word cheers them up when we're life-giving people and we speak a kind word you never know how how what that kind word will produce in somebody sometimes they've been waiting for somebody just to acknowledge and say something kind to them and we need more kindness in our world because there's a lot of you ever been in the store, especially when, when the pandemic was first happening? People were just mean. They are mean to the cashiers. They are mean to each other. Like, six feet, six feet. I'm like, back off. I'm not even close to you, right? It's okay. It's going to work out. And um, it's just there, we lost a lot of kindness. And I think if, if we will become kind again, we will actually make a difference. And in relationships, you want good relationships? Be kind. Learn to be kind. You don't know the kind of day they had. Like, I would come home sometimes from um, just work. I had a hard day. We were doing tile, whatever, back in the day, and um, I would come home tired. And I come, and, and I'm thinking, like, she had it easy, right? And I, that's my mindset is I had a hard day. You didn't. And I come in, and she's like, here's the kids. I'm like, what do you mean here's the kids? I just got done working. She's like, now I have to work more? And it would, it would kind of frustrate me. And then I realized, you know what? She's facing battles that I don't even know about. Others are facing battles they don't know about. So instead of coming in um, assuming, come in kind. How was your day? How are things going, right? What can I, what can I do to help alleviate some of that? Um, and sometimes there's just a little bit of time and then she's like, okay, I'm good now. Let's go do whatever we need to do. Yeah. I think the thing is this, I think one of the big thing is this, is that whatever we've gone through in our life, it has, it has created us to the people we are, no matter whether it be bad stuff or good stuff, whatever it's made us who we are and we can either learn from it and grow from it and have empathy for people. If you've gone through a divorce, you have empathy for people that are going through it. Why? Then they're done that. If you have had chronic pain and somebody says, man, I'm just dealing, and you, you have empathy for it because, like, man, I've been there before. And so the thing is, whether it's been good or bad, I think it's opportunities. God allows us sometimes to go through things so that we can remember that there's people around us that are hurting or they're going through stuff. And so we can be aware. Where are his hands and feet? He's not going to come down every time and just like, oh, I'm going to touch this person right here. We are, that's what we're called to do as, as his, his children, to be able to be his light, his feet, his encouragers. So what we're supposed to do is to be aware and to be walking around and be paying attention to it. Being pregnant, it was hard. Four times, I loved being pregnant. It was hard. But I also understood 
how um, how some days it was just really discouraging. So I'm very intentional that when I see a pregnant woman and she looks great, I'm going to be like, girl, you look good. You look so good. And it's amazing. Their countenance totally changes. They're just like, like what? Somebody saw me. I look good. I'm pregnant. I don't feel good maybe. But I do it. Why? Because I just remember being in those moments and those days where I'm just like, wow, like I do not feel good. I don't, I don't, I just, just, just not really good. And I'm really, I try to do that because everything you've gone through is so that you can relate to somebody else. Everything. And so I'm very, um, careful when I go out, especially when I go out, I'm just like, God, help me. Help me to be sensitive. Let me just not walk around and not pay attention. I know we have one, one of our kids, she's very compassionate and, um, she, there's things that she will point out to us, mom, dad. And I thought I'm pretty good about paying attention to what's going on around me. She was like, mom, dad, one time she actually, we were eating and she was watching and she was so distracted. She was watching this person struggle outside and she just got so, like, invigorated. It, like, lit a fire in her. She's like, Dad. And he's like, what? He couldn't even see it. And he's like, go help them. She just told him. And and he's like, what's going on? So he looks out there, and he does. He sees a, a struggle. And so he goes out there and helps. And she's just, like, she's on the edge of her, like, you know, she wanted to be there. And she's just watching. And he came back, and she's just like, thank you, Dad. Like, it was, he was, like, the hands and beat, like, do it. And I feel like that's what God's doing. Like, he's on the edge, just like, Go do something. Don't you see her? Go do something. Don't you see him? Like, and we, it's just so easy for us to kind of just like walk past or whatever. So I think like when we say like in, in our lives, God, like even when we say it in our lives, God, be lifted up. Like in our love, be lifted up. Like everything is a, a sign of worship to our father that created us to be sensitive to those things that's happening around us. Yeah, and I would just, we'll, we'll kind of end with this is self-care is really important, right? Because you can only give what you have. And if you don't have anything, you're depleted, you're empty. It's going to be hard to give what you don't have. So you have to make sure you, you're taking in and you're, you're paying attention to your influences in your life, what you're reading, what you're watching, right? Find resources that help you. Um, like there's a couple of resources that you go to that really encourage you when it comes to parenting. And oh, definitely. There's, there's a couple that I just kind of stumbled on in the last month that is called Raising Boys and Girls. And this one was good as far as parenting. I saw it on Instagram. Um, it's really good because they're talking a lot about how every child communicates differently and what they're going through. So like if a child's saying like they won't tell you like mom, dad, I'm um, – I'm tired, not like they're going through something emotionally. They don't say those. I feel like this. They say other things like, can I, can we play a game together? They'll all say something different. And it's, it's recognizing again, this is what my child needs. Learning more about them. This is what my child needs. So there's one, one thing and we'll put them, we'll put them uh, later on, on, on the feed here, but on Instagram, there's one that's raising boys and girls. And it's really understanding. There was one that was talking about how boys and girls are different when they deal with anxiety and how they express it. So that one was a great resource. Um, as far as parenting-wise, we've we've gone through a lot of resources parent on Q. that one. Yeah, on our Parent Q app, which is the curriculum that we use with our kids, um, our, student, our kids here at the church. Um, again, those lessons are out there every week, guys. And so we put those out for a reason because it's always, this um, curriculum is always based on now. It's today. It's current. What the kids are dealing with. And so they really kind of pinpoint that. But our the app, the Parent Q app is great because it does have a countdown of how many days, literally, that you have with your kids. And then what before they're... Before graduation. Yeah, before they graduate. And then what they're going through, like socially, emotionally, mentally at their age, and how you can kind of go through that. 
And we've shared some on our Facebook page also of different things like as uh, 2020 was going on, uh, how to deal with that. But that was an amazing resource. Keep going on to that website if you do have kids because it has um, just every kid is different. It's not cookie cutter. But one of the things that I loved about it is that you can literally search and say, okay, my child is dealing with this. And you can go on there and there'll just be a list of things. And a lot of them will be podcasts or resources that you can listen to or a sh- or. Uh, amazing and they're doctors these guys are doctors or child psychologists that are just great resources so i would say tap into that as much as you can yeah find just simple as finding a funny video and send it to somebody that you care about like hey i thought about you she's great at this she'll send me these videos they're just dumb but they make you laugh right and it's like i needed that hearty laugh and uh things like that just (laughs) laugh more it's it's good it's important so i think in your relationships maybe this is the question too many people ask what is best for me and we need to change it to say what is god doing in or through us what is God trying to do in this situation? How can God use our tension that we have, which is not always a bad thing. Tension is revealing something, right? We can't run from it. But what is God trying to do in this? Maybe he's trying to reveal something, right? That I need to work on something personally, or you need, she needs to work on something, or our friends need to work on something. How can God use us to be able to speak truth and love, to encourage, and to build each other up? What can we do to say, God, you be in the middle of this, all right? So here's our challenge as we wrap up today is uh, look and listen for opportunities to add value to others. If you want to be an encourager, you want to be someone that builds up, look and make sure you're listening, right, with your heart, with your ears, with your eyes. Make sure you're paying attention for opportunities to be able to add value to somebody. Um, and when you do this, you'll realize that these opportunities are always going to show themselves. Like there'll be an opportunities, probably three or four just today. If you're paying attention, that'll pop up where you can add value to somebody, your spouse, your kids, a friend. Maybe somebody even today, somebody's going to pop in your mind. Like, instead of just thinking it, do something about it. Like, I haven't thought about the person in a long time. I should just shoot him a text saying, hey, I hope you're doing well. How are things going? Hey, I thought about you. Here's a video, right? I thought about you. How things are going? Whatever. You just – because sometimes we think it and we assume – we think people can read our minds and they can't. So if I ever think, like, wow, this food is really good, I would just train myself to say, wow, this food is really good instead of just thinking it. Because me thinking it doesn't do anything for sincerity when she cooked a really good meal, but me saying it, vocalizing it actually says something different. My kids do something good instead of saying, well, I'm really glad they did that. Tell them, hey, I'm so proud of you for doing or that Or you can just be, you told me to interrupt if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, good. Or you can say, babe, you did so good on dinner, I'm washing dishes. And I'll be like, you got it, babe. <laughs> you got it. The most attractive, so again, back onto service, access love or my love language, access service. I'm telling you, man, if your wife has access service, you wash dishes. I mean, this man is the most cutest guy in the world when he's washing dishes i'm like takes them three times as long but he gets it done and i just sit there and i just watch i'll be like you get it boy you know because that's my love language i like love when he can he can he can give me love that way right? right but for me to walk off on a sunday morning and be like babe you did amazing you killed it today you're awesome you're like the, the words of affirmation, helping him. Babe, you look amazing today. We match awesome. You matched me today. Great. You look <laughs> handsome today. All she those says, I always they... do this on purpose. I wait for her to get dressed, and I just pick the same color. Mm-hmm. Not true. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it works like that. Yeah, words of affirmation. And just those, we know that the opposite of that can hurt us more. And so if she's too critical right away after service, it hurts me, right? So I've learned, don't take it personal. She's trying to help. She's not, she's not being mean. And I have to learn that because she's not. She's trying to help us fix something that wasn't right. Instead of, so instead of me being like, you never say anything good about me, it's just like, okay, we could work on that. And I'm not going to take it personal right now because I'm, I'm prone to take it personal after I've spoke a lot and I'm tired, right? So I just, I'm aware of those things. Yeah, that's good. And when I speak love, her love language, she just feels love. Her rubber feet, I do things for her. It's like, 
that's what I need in my life, right? And when she encourages or does other things, um, it's good. So, so be a life-giving person, all right? <laughs> That'd be really weird. All right. <laughs> Would you like that right now? I, I rub your feet. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're going to wrap up today. Um, uh, John, Jesus says this to disciples in John 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So God, Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, be a kind of person that cares and loves one another. And when you do that, that'll be the sign for everybody else to know that you really are a disciple of Jesus. So in our relationships, let's look for the one another's. Let's look for the opportunities to love one another, to encourage one another, build up one another. Right? You with me? So this week, don't live for yourself. Live for others. Don't live, and, and God will take care of himself, I promise. He'll always take care of you. He'll, he'll, he'll send the encouragers. He'll send you things to remind you that you're, you're not doing this in vain. Just don't give up. Too many people give up too soon um, before they have the breakthrough. So just don't give up. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And one day you'll have this amazing change in your relationship. So uh, don't live just for self. Because that's the, the, what the enemy tries to get us to do is it's all about you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's going to take care of you. No. Serve others. Love others. Care for others. All right? Awesome. As we wrap up our message, if you're in this room today or if you're watching online, and maybe you haven't made the decision to follow Christ, um, and today you'd say, you would like to say, you know what, I want to make that decision to put God in my life first. I want to put him first in my life. My relationships aren't working the way they want, especially my relationship with God. And today, before you leave, before the service is over, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say, you know what, God, I'm going to put you first because I want you to be the, the main source of my life. I want to I focus on what you're doing. Because being a Jesus follower, a Christian, means that we follow Christ's example, right? That we put him first and we follow how he loved others, we love others. How, we, how he served others, we serve others. And so today, I want to end by just giving an opportunity for those in the room and online. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. And if you're watching or if you're in here, if that's you, and you'd say, you know what, today, man, I need a new start. I want to put God first in my life. I, I need a, to turn the, from the way I'm going and turn the direction God wants me to go. I've been living for myself for too long, and today I want to begin to live the way God wants me to live. So if you're in this room, would you do me a favor? Just lift your hand right where you're at. I won't call you to the front, but just right there. Say, God, I, I want to put you in my life. I want to put you first. Awesome. A few hands. Anybody else? Awesome. All right. And for you watching online, if you want to pray this prayer, you can pray with me. So for everybody else that's in this room that didn't raise their hand, would you pray with us so that those who raise their hand are not praying alone? And just say this today. Say, Father God, today... I choose you. I choose to put you first. Forgive me of making it all about me. Forgive me of my selfishness, of my sin. Today, I want to live your way. I want to live for you. I want to love others. Help me to do this. I need your help. So today, I put my trust in you. Come into my life. And lead me. Just name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that prayed. So good.